News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Public educrats across Texas are all thanking Empowered Texans. Well, they should be, at least. They're not, and I admit, I haven't seen any headlines. I've yet to see any superintendents or high school principals post any thank you to the fiscal conservatives who have acted as the watchdog of our state's savings account uh, for the last decade. It's an interesting time we're in. And uh, I'm sorry I missed last week. I will apologize. It's the first podcast episode I've missed. And, uh, and I admit, uh, I actually had an interview lined up in DFW that uh, got canceled and several other things that occurred on a personal level and then just decided, hey, we can, we can miss a Monday and come back. For those of you who are tuning in, you probably don't need to desperately know Luke Macias' opinion of the coronavirus pandemic crisis, economic catastrophe, health crisis, all of those different things. And I'm sure it will get discussed. In fact, over the next several months, it will be hard not to discuss it. But what I want to do today is I want to talk about the fact that this is what it looks like when it's raining in Texas. What do I mean? So for those of you who don't know, we have a savings account in this state, and it's called the Rainy Day Fund. And big government spenders have, for the last 10 years, essentially looked at this fund as their personal piggy bank that they can use to spend on whatever government projects they want. They say, hey, you want more transportation? We've got a rainy day fund. We need to give public education more money? Here's a rainy day fund. We want to expand certain Medicaid projects? Well, guess what? Here's, we have the rainy day fund. We want to give teachers a 13th check, retired teachers a 13th check. We want to write them an extra bonus because they're doing a great job. Here's the rainy day fund. They've essentially looked at this as their piggy bank that they can use to give out. And there has been an organization and then a handful of conservative, fiscal conservative legislators who have basically opposed spending the rainy day fund on money for anything that's unnecessary, for any ongoing expenses, for any unforeseen expenses. They've even said, look, even if it's, they'll say, well, we've got some state uh, buildings that need to be updated. Okay, well, that's foreseen. There's no way we didn't know that at some point we'd have to update those buildings. And so the fiscal conservative position has been that the rainy day fund has been, has been specifically set up to make sure that the state of Texas would have money available to weather a storm, an unforeseen storm. And in Texas, we have two unforeseen storms that we're currently weathering. One is the coronavirus. And second is uh, the fact that oil is trading at just over 20 or just under 20, depending on when you look at it, dollars a barrel, okay? And this significantly affects our state's economic situation. Every single state is being affected by the coronavirus, but only certain states that are high energy producers are going to be significantly affected by the oil and gas industry. And Texas is one of those. And the oil and gas industry has honestly kept us floating. They've kept our big government spenders in state bureaucracies and local government bureaucracies. They've kept their coffers full for the last eight years as we've been on an energy tear. And we are currently suffering significantly economically. So, 
For those of you out there who have always complained about the fact that fiscal conservatives and empower Texans, Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, that these individuals oppose spending the savings account because they think we should save it for times of honest and true and real catastrophes, this is what we've been talking about. I'm recalling a conversation that I had with a state legislator uh, when the state budget was being debated. I think it was a day or two before the budget was going to be voted on. And I was letting them know that they should at least be open to the possibility of voting against the budget. And, uh, and of course, they were saying, well, why would you possibly do that? And the answer to that question was, well, I think that we are spending significant amounts of money from our savings account. We're acting as though we're always going to have a year of plenty. And honestly, that was the perspective that people came into this last session with. They said, we are flush with cash. And by the way, by flush with cash, it meant that the comptroller of Texas has predicted that we will be flush with cash. And those predictions were honestly probably more aggressive than they should have been even without the coronavirus situation. But they said, he's telling us we're going to be flush with cash, so we are going, and our savings account is full. So we have two things going into this session. We have expected economic growth for the next two years, so our budget's going to be fine. And we have all this money in our savings account, so let's start spending it. And they did spend quite a bit of it. They didn't get their hands on all of it. Over the last six, eight, ten years, this has been a battle. And it's every two years. There are a group of individuals. It's Republican and Democrat appropriators. It's government bureaucrats. It's, it's honestly the liberal news media in Texas um, who have pushed this narrative that anybody who doesn't want to spend the state savings account is a selfish, self-centered Scrooge. And now they are all waking up to the fact that those fiscal conservatives who held the line and said, don't touch that savings account, didn't always win, but they won a heck of a lot more than they lost. And it's the only reason we have billions and billions of dollars in a savings account that still will not be enough to fill the expected hole that we are going to walk into next session with. We are in a situation where the state's budget is probably already going to need to get cut before we go into the session in 2021. And we're in a situation where the savings account may be needed to cover this last budget, let alone be potentially available to help us ride out next year. So thank you. Thank you to fiscal conservatives who were willing to be ridiculed. Thank you for a handful of legislators, and maybe in future episodes, I'll actually go through and quote some of these different legislators who voted against budget spending or against some of these supplemental spending bills, specifically citing their concerns over the rainy day fund. I will tell you that I personally know state representatives and state senators that have opposed spending the rainy day fund dollars that have been berated and ridiculed in the Republican caucus. Thank you. Thank you for being willing to say that when we are doing well is when we should put money in our savings account. The government doesn't think that way. They don't think that way. And it's only because a handful of people held the line that we even have a savings account today. We're very grateful. Um, I have yet to see public education and public educrats and individuals within the public education establishment publicly thank 
empower Texans and Texans for fiscal responsibility. But when that savings account is used to make sure that the core functions of government, which public education include is included in receive the money they need, people should take a pause and realize that it was fiscal conservatives from day one that held the line and ensured that this money is even there to spend. I hope that appropriators, Democrats and Republicans, are willing to say thank you. I hope that Republican and Democrat appropriators in the House and the Senate might actually have a discussion in the future about not talking about spending the rainy day fund dollars that are there and actually holding on to them. Will they change? Probably not. Because guys, we're pretty fickle. We're pretty short-sighted. We'll freak out now. But two years ago, these people thought there was no way that times weren't going to be good. And in four years, if the economic times are better and we have money in the savings account, yet again, you will have more people asking to spend those dollars on ongoing expenses, on foreseen expenses, to ensure that government can continue to grow. So let today be a lesson to you that fiscal restraint is important. And by the way, on a personal note, if you're not practicing fiscal restraint on a personal level, you should. And I know economically, the federal government would love it if each and every one of you went out and spent every penny you have, because that would keep this economy going. But the reality is that we're going into a time of uncertainty, and it's really important that each and every one of you practice the same fiscal restraint that our governments should be practicing to ensure that you're in a position to be able to weather whatever storm you may encounter. So please take that into consideration. Also, government is not going to fix this problem. And over the next several months, we are going to have real opportunities as limited government conservatives to actually make a difference in our community. I don't know about you, but I've had more conversations with my neighbors in the last week than in the last couple months. I've had a chance to sit down with each and every one of them. And I know a couple of my neighbors pretty well. But uh, actually make sure they're doing okay. Make sure they have everything they need. See if there's any way we can help. Uh, Y'all know I have a big family. I've got six siblings. My wife has more than six siblings. So we're in a situation where a lot of our family are relatively affected by this type of situation. And each and every one of us are in an opportunity to actually try to help walk people through their needs instead of people just going straight to the government for everything they need. The government is not going to solve this problem. So I hope and pray with you that each and every individual in Texas would take the time to invest in their community. I also hope and pray that our churches open up soon. And I don't mean for everyone got pissed off. I I wrote a blog post. You can go to lucanacias.com and I wrote a post about the necessity for churches to not close their doors. And I'm very much a believer that churches, no church should have their doors closed. That doesn't mean that churches should not practice some restraint and say, hey, we have 5,000 members that attend here on a weekly basis. We cannot allow all these people in. It doesn't mean they can't say, hey, we're going to cap the amount of people that can stand within this area so that they're within a six-foot radius of each other so social distancing guidelines are being followed. But I think it's a really bad precedent that at a time of significant uncertainty, at a time of some of the most tumultuous realities and struggles that our communities are facing that each and every person doesn't know that they can simply drive down the street and find an open door to church. So if you are a church, if you're one of the churches that have closed, 
just consider opening your doors. Unlock them. Doesn't mean you even have to be available for eight services on Sundays of thousands of people. Do the online church. Do the online worship. But are your churches available? Can people walk in? I've had a number of conversations with several people in the last several weeks who are not believers, where we were able to have real conversations about eternal things. So I hope that those of you out there who do have faith consider what you're doing to engage with people. And if you're somebody who listens to the show that does not have faith and does not have a saving faith in your creator, um, then reach out. Go to lukemacias.com. Shoot me a note. I'll give you a call. I'd love to talk to you. Guys, Ronald Reagan said it best, and if I don't quote him word for word, it's because I'm just saying it off the top of my head, but he said that we are blessed to not live in pale or timid times. And uh, he was, of course, referencing the Cold War and other things that he was born into. And we're born into this time. And what that even means, we're really uncertain of. So hold fast. Thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for supporting the show. I had uh, one individual who's been a monthly financial supporter of this show um, come back on board. His (laughs) credit card uh, got stolen, and I didn't bug him because I thought, well, I don't want to bug this guy. I mean, things are really tough for everybody. I don't want to bug this guy up for some more money. And then uh, last week, he reached out to me and said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize this happened. And, And I don't think he knew just how encouraging that was to me. Um, to get that note from him and to get that small monthly contribution again um, and actually a a rather generous monthly contribution that he makes so that we can continue to not only produce the show but send it to as many Texans as possible. So um, I'm really grateful for the support that the show has received and um, thank you for listening. Subscribe if you haven't. Share this with people you know uh, because we want to bring as much information as possible to you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.